completely forgotten what happens in Children of the Corn. Do they worship corn? No, no there's he who walks beyond <laughs> the corn, who is a oh. being of pure malice. Can't they just walk through <laughs> the malice corn? Kai. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> the the it's a metaphor. Like he's all he's always out there, even if you can't see him. So he's like their god. Can't they just walk? Beyond the corn and see, but it's not. He's it's not like literally <laughs> a helicopter, some aerial. Yeah, it's all fucking what? metaphorical. That's like it's like the Wizard of Oz, not like the Wizard of Oz. Like he was like literally there, but like they're talking about this. Like I'm. This is I'm getting heated over literally nothing right now. So the Wizard of Oz, Oz, Oz a cult movie. Holy shit! It is. It kind of is. Yeah. Everyone's like completely the wizard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he ends up being, being, and and he ends up being fake and lying to them all. So yeah, Which, totally a cult. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that revelation. I'm not going <laughs> to sleep tonight. Yeah. This is new to me too. I have to rethink my entire childhood. Welcome back to the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Doza. I'm Anna. And today we're here with my oldest friend. He is literally 90 years old, but I've known him the longest. My oldest friend and the most handsome director I know, David Schultz. Hi, everyone. I'm not 90. He's not 90. <laughs> David and I are the same age. We went to preschool together uh-huh. and everything thereafter. We've known each other since we were like four. That's wild. And you've stuck around. Well done. Yeah. I, every day of hanging out with Anthony well, is an absolute test. Right. This isn't a daily thing. You know, okay. I, I dipped out for several years. Okay. So like, I need, we need spared himself, apart. spared his sanity. Yeah. Spared his sanity just enough that he can come back to us today to talk about his first ever feature film. Dave is currently working on his first feature film called The Girl in the Straw Hat. And uh, the subject matter, from what I understand, is very culty. It's pretty culty. Uh... It's, I've, I've been looking a lot into cults for a while. A lot of just, like, looking at stuff like Heaven's Gate and all of that stuff. Great. Everything <laughs> behind that, which is... Uh, a weird thing to be excited about. I, just, I love cults. I'm a, I'm a big awesome. fan. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, looking a lot into that, I mean, the thing is, the funny thing is, I actually haven't been watching a ton of cult movies, specifically. I've been researching a lot of cults before the thing. Like but, real cults? Hmm? Like real cults? Like real cults, yes. That's even more exciting. It is. Yeah, that, it that's is. the way to fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, and trying just because I don't want any of them to seep in too deeply. Unless it's something so completely, you know, like, so different from what it is that we're doing. You know, like, something that's just, like, super satanic or something like that is, like, fine. Because we're not really in the same territory of where yeah. my film is and where those movies live. Awesome. But, yeah, it's it's pretty culty. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not a satanic cult. Mm-mm. Okay, that's good because that's been done. A yes, lot. done. And yeah, done no, to there, death. there's mm. nothing. And even the film itself, you know, it's like I wouldn't even call it like a capital H horror movie at all. Like it has a ton of horror genre elements to it, and I'm super influenced by a bunch of different films. And maybe we can talk about some of those too. But you know, it's it, there's nothing particularly like gory or evil per se. You know, there's something I like about. Um, I don't know, some of the cults that seem a little more innocuous or they're like their entire ideology is a little bit stranger than that, unless explicitly so so evil. But yeah. I don't know, there, there's a ton of movies in that field too. 
you know, just outside of the, you know, satanic cults and all that other stuff. Nonetheless, it's a nice take to come into something that is still within those horror elements, mm-hmm. but not specifically horror. Because well, at least what I find is that with that genre blend, we get a lot more developed characters, we get a lot more developed relationships, and that's what's going to drive the story along. So, sure. yeah, I mean, it, it is a it's a character based story first and foremost you know it's like it it is a relationship dissolving you know because it's a couple going out to this kind of new agey institute place where one of them who's been depressed for a long time is trying to you know looking to more esoteric kind of schools of thought to try and fix whatever nebulous thing is wrong with them but then kind of gets you know pulled in from like a charismatic leader and whatever else is just speaking to him and gets completely thrown into this bizarro ideology that they have uh, involving a lot of like past lives and all this other stuff and there's some you know kind of Trumpian parallels with them too <laughs> that are going on um, that's the real and horror. that is indeed the real that's way scarier yeah. than you know any of any of this explicit stuff in the story but beyond that it's a big part about a relationship dissolving and being pulled apart and like that is a main focus of those of, yeah. of the story. Something sure. very real, very relatable, yeah. and yeah, just and that is how cult leaders get them in. They like prey on vulnerability, vulnerable people, sure. usually people who already have some sort of like mental illness, and they're feeling vulnerable, and they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna grab you. I'm yeah. gonna make you think like me." Like the uh, the dude uh, that ran Heaven's Gate, Marshall Applewhite, I think is the guy's name. Uh, he just very clearly like preyed on these damaged broken people that were like so I don't know they're just crumbled human beings that were just looking for anything to like attach themselves to and got so deep in their heads with also such a bizarre ideology of you know just like you know leaving this planet you know <laughs> as the comet comes by well that's the most appealing thing like everything sucks here let's go somewhere else absolutely yeah yeah, yeah and he himself is a com- fundamentally damaged broken individual Mm. too but somehow the ego twisted it into something yeah so much darker and stranger than what it is but then again like this i was watching the uh i sent this to some of the actors too and they were so creeped out but there's like you can watch the exit interviews of all of the members like did they all commit suicide indeed they did so it's almost like watching like it's kind of like watching a suicide note but it's so bizarre because they're so happy and they're just like this is gonna people are gonna think this is crazy and they're just so like they have big smiles plastered on their faces the whole time that they're like so excited and it's such a weird place to i don't know it's kind of devastating to watch but it's super fascinating just research wise of some seeing somebody so far gone and so under like the spell of of somebody like that you know it's yeah it's kind of crazy just to see that it's real and something that happened sure to know that it's out there and there's physical evidence of it. Right. I mean, that's a super dark note, obviously, <laughs> to, like, kind of start off on. I mean, the my film has also a lot of, like, comedic tones to it. Like, it is a ridiculous kind of cult at the same exact time. So it's like, there's a dark comedy element to the entire thing as well. It's not as just, like, incredibly devastating <laughs> as, you know, <laughs> everything I just talked about. <laughs> there in the background <laughs> in the dna of it somewhere you guys just finished getting funding for it right so yeah i mean we've had you know people investing it for a bit like you know outside of a you know kind of public space 
Um, but then we just did uh, an Indiegogo campaign, just did 10000 just to finish off all the funding for that. Awesome. So that was super successful. Very cool. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so we just did that, and we've been kind of shooting odds and ends all through June and stuff like that. And now, uh, in like three days, we like launch into like full-blown production for like all of August, basically. Yeah, so I'm super glad we caught you now. You came to us straight from a production meeting. Indeed. It's like 9 o'clock at night while we're recording mm-hmm. this. <laughs> yeah. Sorry um, about that. No, it's all good. No, we're, we're happy we caught you. This yeah. is great. Um, so you mentioned a couple of like films that you would consider your influences. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about some of the general influences, or do we want to jump right into the cults themselves? Uh, let's start with the influences because I don't know how some of them aren't even like that culty. So let's get some of just like maybe the horror ones kind of out of the way. <laughs> cool. Uh, and then we can launch into a whole thing about cults too um but let's see one of probably the biggest influence i think for the entire thing uh horror or not is cronenberg's the brood wow which is like yes one of the most perfect movies (laughs) i've just ever seen and the the launch from like his early career to that movie is fucking staggering it's so (laughs) great but everything about the the psychoplasmics institute that you know Oliver Reed is running in that <laughs> film it was a big influence on this specifically that it just kind of takes place at a very clinical building um not you know, quite like, the rustic church element but exactly, something more yeah, sterile something more sterile and that like presents itself as something a little more professional and a little more like you know nuanced it's not something yeah it's not like there's not like a pagan element to it yeah uh we're theorism my thing but it comes up later but it it presents itself as as you know as this kind of clean and sterile and like progressive ideology so i I love those that because like there's there's so much uh like uh, material of just like oh oh, this is the way that this ancient society has done it for thousands of years and like the the hot take of just like hey this is like a new age cult is so much more interesting to me Mm because these are like modern people implementing like science and deeper thought into right. these sort of like ancient traditions and it's like i i prefer it that way like i i have an engineering background just mm-hmm. like as a person and so like science and logic applied to this absolutely absurd concept is so interesting to me yeah that's i am so excited right. <laughs> <laughs> i i love that stuff too just because like there's you know there's so many ideologies that people can like especially, like, in the 21st century, that people can, like, subscribe to, whether that's, like, you know, more traditional religious ideas, you know, uh, you know, completely atheistic scientific ideas, and then just, like, the weird spectrum, entire spectrum of everything in the middle. You got Pastafarianism. Exactly. Yeah, there's everything. Micronations. Mm -hmm. There's just so many things to be a part of. You could, they're, like... So there are people who like set aside plots of lands. They go through all of the legalities of making them a microscopic nation. Mm -hmm. So like if you are within those like, you know, couple acres of land, you're now in a separate nation's territory living by their rules. Yeah. So they buy a plot of land and then that's like a new country. Yeah. There's there's literally a convention for micronations. Like, all the leaders of the na- these nations, they get together, they showcase their flags, they have, like, mini-militaries. 
That'd be super easy to like infiltrate them. Oh, absolutely! Because a lot of these things are just like, "Hey, uh, here's our military," and then it's my one dog. Guy. <laughs> and um, but like I, I have seen some of these where it's like, "Oh yeah, this is the the smallest nation in the world. Here is our our post office <laughs> and our greatest restaurant." And it's like this one woman's house, and she's like, "I just live here, and this is my country." Hi, we're the Hauntsville Kirkcast, and we're about to take over a bunch of micro nations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already planning my reign as queen. This escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> we can each have one. Yeah. <laughs> great. All right, but to go back to the to the brood though, the uh, like yeah. the just I don't know there's something about like the palette of of that place and those kind of ideas that are just it's I don't know, it's so exciting to think about. Like that that film was so such a like a revelation too. And and just also it's like economic filmmaking. Like Cronenberg is so good at like we believe that this entire place exists and we see almost none of it the entire like we just see like the theater and then like people walking to a bus and like the guy's office and you're just like oh this is this entire place yeah. i bet it's crazy that's good filmmaking yeah, that's it's mm. great job well done <laughs> yeah the more that's left to the imagination the better exactly you're constantly in that that anticipation of like right. am i gonna get to see it what does it look like where am i right now right and i was just looking at that I looked at that again recently just to think about like because you can you know what you know when you're writing it's just like you can constantly be overriding and worrying about like what do I need to show to the audience at any given moment and just sometimes you just don't need to show so much stuff you know like you can just do it so economically and I don't know, everything about that movie is just so beautiful in that front it just it's only like 80 something minutes I feel like yeah, too. yeah it's, it's a like, quick one it's a quick one I mean, it's the days of 80 general. to 90 minute horror yeah. yeah, in and out, and now it's just like we were just talking about Midsummer with like the extended cut, bringing it like well over the two hour mark, and it's right. just it doesn't too much. need to be extended. It's and too long. <laughs> it is too long. I, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun in the theater watching it too. You know, there's a lot that I did like about it, but it's I feel like it's a little long. Yeah, you know, it kind of like loses momentum. My biggest problem with it, and maybe you guys have even like already exhausted Midsummer as a topic at this point. I don't even remember what but, I said. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have similar feelings about it. That like, well, it obviously peaks with this the large, you know, suicide scene, and then it never feels as dangerous as that again. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they got it out of the way. They get it out of the way, and I understand and I it like... is a gigantic shock. But like, <laughs> at that point, you're just like. Where is this going to go? Exactly, now? and then it just and does. Then it kind of does, and it's yeah. it's fine. It's almost like it, it works better as a comedy than a horror at that yeah. point. You know, I would agree if I didn't hate Mark so much. <laughs> what a shitty <laughs> character! I mean, they're all, they're mostly hateable characters. Yeah. Like all the dudes in the movie are, you know, loathsome. <laughs> yeah, I just wish it was built differently. Like I wish I didn't go in expecting a horror movie, and I just like. I, I left disappointed because of my, my preconceived notion sure. of what I was going to see. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's my own fault. I did that to myself. So, whoops, I think I ruined Midsummer for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I am going to continually advocate that I wish to God that they had never advertised it with so much focus on the Oracle, who meant nothing to the story. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they Posters, went for, magazine right. covers, trailer. They went for visual shock rather than story shock which I feel like they could have played off a lot better. Like we didn't need close up scenes of like the heads being smashed and stuff like that because mm. it I don't know, for me like gore and blood and stuff is you know, it's part of the horror genre but you can 
it adds nothing to a story. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's needed, fine, but don't do a whole minute scene on really bad gore makeup because th- that's where the, that's where the movie just failed for me. I was like, okay, the anatomy of the face is completely wrong, even when it's smashed up. But... This is this is an interesting segue into another influence of mine yeah, for a couple of films that I was watching. Um, uh, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. The Beyond? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Dose has been I, waiting to go off about this movie I for so long. Love I fucking love Beyond. That it. whole series is unfucking real. Yeah, and I, and I just rewatched City of the Living Dead. Great. Too, which is fucking fantastic. <laughs> but that movie is like so indulgent. So is The Beyond in yes. its gore. And like the Fulci's gore effects are really crazy and really intense like oh, yeah. like a hundred percent like they're so cranked up compared to so many other horror filmmakers that even already feel indulgent like Fulci's probably the most <laughs> indulgent in gore that I've one of the most that I've seen in a really extreme and grotesque way and it's also just like it's kind of a pure delight. There's oh, yeah. like a minute long sequence in City of the Living Dead where the woman's just like puking her guts. Yes, it's oh just God. liquids. He's just fluids. Yeah. It, I, any opportunity he's got someone to emit a fluid or uh, oh, pus, it's just to, to 11. Is it necessary to the storyline there? No, no. but okay. it's necessary to your experience and understanding Lucio Fulci and yeah. his intentions. Okay. Like, a- any opportunity for him to melt somebody, he will take, and he will make it <laughs> yeah. melt for way too oh, yeah. long, which makes it just long enough. Have you guys not seen these? No. no. Oh, man. Oh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, yeah. I-, I think The Beyond is genuinely an awesome, incredible movie in a lot of ways. That Like, I really do love so much about that. And I was looking at that specifically because I just love, like, his um, his framing. Like, the photography. Yeah. The film's actually really gorgeous. It's like a... The, he has this whole series of movies. Uh, what's the name for this triptych of films? The, like, I actually don't know. It's, it's I didn't realize they were like a trilogy. The hell, until very hell recently. trilogy, something or like you that. Know, Gates of Hell trilogy, or something like that. But it's they have like the same lead actress um, in all three of them in a different location. I love her. Where she's so good. Uh, or good as relative. Yeah. But, you know, but, um, but in a different location, like around the world, uh, where a gate of hell has been opened in a specific location by some, you know, horrible happening. You know, there's murders and suicides that cause these things of specific people. Just like, you know, really tragic events that cause them to, to open up in these places and just let the evil seep out. And the beyond, like, it, it's all shot in, in New Orleans. Yep. And Which so is so it's, weird. It's so weird, especially because like it doesn't indulge in any of the new or like typical New Orleans iconography. But it's yeah. just like the sensibility of like the bizarre Italian horror filmmaking, like all the Giallo stuff and all that. But like in New Orleans, where they're not shooting any of the iconography, make it a really like odd picture that doesn't feel like anything else. Yeah, which is really great but there's like it, and it's really gorgeous the whole time there's like beautiful like just sunset lighting everywhere and like <laughs> it's so nice and then I, all of a sudden yeah. it's and then most like probably like more than a third of the movie is just intense gore effects though <laughs> yeah and insane. they're in the basement with the plumber for so long just watching shit happen to him he's yeah. getting fucked up real bad uh, I, I can't do, wait to sit down and watch yeah, these please yeah. I, I will watch them any any day of the week mm-hmm. I have a question though you might know better than I mm-hmm. um are, are the movies done in ADR? Oh yeah. Okay. So there's like, um, I mean, a lot of uh, European films at the time uh, 
you know, if it was implemented from, like, Spaghetti Westerns on, that, like, a lot of them would be international co-productions. They would bring in a lot of actors from all different countries, and they would have them speak their own language. They would speak the dialogue in their own language, and okay. then just dub everybody for each specific market. Oh, okay. So, like, you know, there might be an Italian, an American, you know, someone from Spain, just, like, all in the same scene, all speaking their own language the script. That and sounds crazy. And they would dub it's, it because, later on. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, I, I noticed and sometimes would pull, uh, pull me out of the moment. But some <laughs> of the characters are, like, very clearly speaking English. So I went and I looked up, mm -hmm. and I was, like, watching all these people, and I was like, this is a very interesting cast of characters here. And it's just, like... Watching somebody speak English but have the ADR be done over in English is was, is surreal, and I thought like I was having some sort of problem. <laughs> but um, it's I. Do you know of any other movies that that do? Is it that sort of market that does that? I mean, it's a it's a ton of different movies. I mean, okay. it's just it's it it happens specifically with with a lot of European films. Okay. Um, it was just like a budget saving kind of thing at the time you know they didn't have to like fly over so many people if they were producing a movie in italy or something like yeah. that so they can have these you know crews from all over and actors from all over and stuff like that and try and get it to function like that so all of fulci's movies definitely do it a bunch of argentos do it too mm. um you know anybody in that ilk especially in like in the 70s and 80s it was a prominent okay technique and there's you know there's a ton from that time if you look up a lot of stuff that like You'll see it. You'll like. Okay. You'll you'll notice that like one actor's English is like, oh, it's that guy's actually speaking, and then somebody else is yeah. so is just dubbed so poorly. But it kind of adds to the experience. There's a charm to that. It, too, absolutely, because yeah. that's how you know. Like when I sat down, like in on later days and like rewatched, you know that that Fulci trilogy. Yeah. I was like, this is a Fulci movie right here. Yeah. It's the you got you got goop and you got bad ADR and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such an experience. Such an experience, yeah. Uh, highly recommend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the Fulci stuff. Have you seen a lot of his other films as I, well? I've seen too? Zombie. Um, Zombie's, Zombie's pretty great. But uh, mostly that, that trilogy. Uh, there's a... I just picked up Arrow put up, like, a, a pretty nice copy of Don't Torture a Duckling, which is one okay. of his early <laughs> uh, Giallo films. And there's an element of, like, there's a... There's a bunch of children being murdered in the Italian countryside. Uh, I don't know how, how deep into like the Giallo realm you guys go, but uh, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, some of those are great. They're just like these Italian murder movies that are just like a lot of the slasher stuff. Kind of comes from that that world heavily. Um, I don't know. Some of them are like really beautiful movies. You know, like. Argento, pre-Suspiria was doing these kind of things too, like the bird with crystal plumage and stuff like that. And they're just like they're great horror slasher movies, which is a, a which is a genre of horror that I'm not crazy about in general. But those films are like really beautiful most of the time too. And also, there's something really campy and fun about them too, as you can probably tell by the title of a movie like "Don't Torture a Duckling." Yeah. You know? <laughs> maybe the greatest title that I've heard in a long time. Yeah, Goop. Goop is pretty fun. <laughs> and I don't know if they, like... I don't know if they add... They don't really add anything to the movie, but they also are, like... It's kind of purely cinema... Like, he clearly believes in it as a purely cinematic thing. That, like, so much of the movie is dedicated to it. That, like, 
I don't know. They would. They wouldn't be the same movie without it. Like, because the story's almost nonsense. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, yeah. It goes as far as there's a portal to hell open, and these people are here, and sometimes it's like we gotta close it, but other times it's just like we're along for the ride. Right. That's a. There's a lot of movies like that where there's just like the gates open up and something. I'm just like. Now we're we're just riding this thing. Good luck. You see yeah. it, like uh, like demons. You know, like the Lamberto Bava. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like once the gates open, man. <laughs> here we go. Um, not to shoot myself in the foot here, because this was going to be my recommendation. But speaking of opening gates and crazy practical effects, mm-hmm. we uh, Anna just sat me down to watch Ghoulies, which is so fun. Yeah, yeah dude. It's so much fun. I can't believe it took me that long to watch that. Anything like, in that period of just like little terrible goblin things is yeah. right up your alley, man. The crack cat, the soup baby, the fucking vampire clown. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are all my new favorite clown. characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm fairly sure that the uh, the vampire kid in Trick or Treat was inspired by the, the vampire clown in Ghoulies. I could like, see that. There's definitely a yeah. very similar aesthetic in their I hope so, faces. Anyway. I have enough faith in Michael Doherty to draw influence from cool films like that. What else did I make you watch yesterday? Uh, it wasn't you. You gave us ghoulies, and that was a gift. I made us watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which is oh, always fun. That's always mm-hmm. fun. And um, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Oh, it's so That's bad. a hard The pass. Littlest Reich? Yeah, what dude. Is, which it's, which it's number in, is this? 14? I think it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most like actually, level digits. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a no, hyperbolic. That, that, that's actually what I think it's like I think a, it a Shutter original. Is that what it, it is? I, oh. I don't know. So I think it got bad. a theatrical release for a hot second. Did it? We had to I can't out. imagine that it lasted long or it was anything more than limited. But They didn't have the rights to use any, well, not any, but... Uh, any of the good original puppets mm-hmm. and yeah. so it was just like here's all these characters that you don't care about in a story that is mediocre at best and it is just hate crimes the horror it's, movie it's very Whoa. upsetting yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I feel about that not um, great yeah. dude not great there's like no story <laughs> and like I don't know they bring Taloon back and like that's all well and good, but like he's more racist than ever. Yeah, some and of the stuff puppets he says, just... I'm like, how did they get away with f- filming this and <laughs> oh, releasing God. it? Because basically the whole thing is a convention commemorating the original murders, mm-hmm. and so it's all these people of various backgrounds in Texas celebrating murder, and they're all bringing replicas of the original puppets, and so they all just together awaken to hate and racism and murder everyone oh god yeah but i guess like i didn't want to go too deep into this but i think technically that's kind of a culty movie because it's the nazi cult i was thinking yeah it is he's got the occult books from hitler's library and plus we've got these cult this cult of like convention fans that are like obsessing over Fuck, the original guys. murders. I can't stuff. do Nazi cults right now. There's so much material there. <laughs> it's disgusting. In my film, I got uh, there's a one of the characters when the full like aspect of the cult is revealed that he has the necklace with the black sun on it that was on Himmler's floor. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Jesus! There's a, there's a whole sun element to the, to the cult. 
I, I love this. Creepy. Everything you say about it, I get some I'm more and so more hype. I'm excited about this movie. Um, I backed the uh, Indiegogo. Thank you. So that we have, like, whenever this is done, we got a copy coming our way. Oh, hi. I yeah. cannot wait to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a while. <laughs> That's fine. I got yeah. time. Yeah. Speaking of the medallion, you said earlier um, that you were overseeing all the like props and physicalities sure. of yeah. this production. Like you're hands on in every element of this production. For sure. Uh, what are some like the coolest props you have lined up? <laughs> oh man. Um, so we got Himmler pen. Himmler, <laughs> yeah, we got Himmler pendant. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, some of the funnest stuff is that there's like a, because there's like a past lives element to the thing as well that the cult kind of really does focus on. There's just like a lot of older objects that I've had to source for like a long time and just like find the right like box camera from 1917 and stuff like that. So there's just like a lot of stuff with a lot of character and a lot of history to it. I love like, that. You know, just like super fun to... Like, I, I could spend all of my time just searching those things out and finding them and collecting them. Too. Searching it, and even just in seeing your behind-the-scenes, like, photos and stuff, mm -hmm. like you're custom-making the props, like, the pamphlets for the cult itself. That sounds like, really fun. Writing... Oh, yo, can we get one of those? <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I should have brought one. Um, that's... That stuff is, like, really fun to make, uh, just because I'm, like, writing all of the copy that, like, you know, that the deluded leader is, like, written. Like, I had to, like, make his novel Closing the Circle, like, and I just had to, like, design the cover and, like, write all, like, the, you know, the, the blurb on the back of the book and stuff like that, which, you know, says he's just, like, a, you know, well-versed in energy sculpting and just, like, things that no one's <laughs> probably ever going to see. They're to make me laugh and the actors laugh more than anything else. But yeah, like, but, like, it's that attention to detail that people <laughs> who are on their, like, second and third watch, they're going to sit there and be like, well, what does the book say? What does the pamphlet say? And to right. see that there's actually words there and it's just not a bunch of lorem ipsum right. is always a treat. That's yeah, the stuff like, that matters. You know, I love a good, like, newspaper segment where, like, there's actually oh, titles yeah. and actual, oh, like... Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and I get, like, obsessive about that stuff, though. I'm just like... Well, if we're gonna see it, like obviously it needs to say something, and it needs to look good. right. Fucking, and it needs thank to, you. Like, <laughs> and it needs to look good. Of like, it needs to look like what this group would design, which is I'd imagine that they don't have much in terms of like good aesthetics. You know, I don't really. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's and like, like there's a link to their angel fire on the, <laughs> on the pamphlet. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. oh, that is a domain can, name I've not heard in a long time. It's mostly for my own entertainment. Does it take place in present? Day? It does, but, but the thing is, they're much stuck in the past That's completely. Incredible. Got it, so great. Like, I, that is excellent. Yeah, so there's a lot of that going on, just a lot of like anachronistic details all the time, just to put into it. That's, I love that stuff. Yeah, I rewatch everything over and over and over again obsessively, mm -hmm. and I always pick up on tiny little details like that, mm -hmm. and I get so annoyed when like they'll have a book open and it'll be like a flash scene, and mm -hmm. I'm like, there's nothing on that paper, right? And stuff. Oh like that. yeah, no. Yeah. That, that stuff bothers me too. Yeah, so I'm very thankful that you yeah. have said stuff like <laughs> I that. I mean, there was one point when, like, they have a the, one of the characters reading this book that this leader wrote, and like, I wrote, you know, probably like five or six pages so they could like, you know, go through it. <laughs> That's and I mean, crazy. a lot of it's just like yourself more work. <laughs> a lot of it's just like it's pretty nonsensical, but like, you know, it's not it's not just like nonsense, nonsense, but it is like it's psychobabble, you know. But I got, like, really caught up, like, for, like, a full day. Like, you know, I lost a good, like, you know, several hours, like, really, like, going to town and writing 
like get sucked into your own cult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, like getting into the head of this sa- cult leader. That sounds pretty good. You know, that's why. I mean, it's it's kind of it's funny like to actually try and put yourself in a, that kind of headspace because it's like most of it has been warped from like you know an excess of information. Like we were saying before, just like the the multitude of different perspectives that people use to define their lives and like you know if you look now at any of like the the new age stuff that's kind of been like accepted into like you know people share this shit on instagram and facebook all the time just like even if it's like something as innocuous as like self-affirmations and stuff like that like you know that's like it's become pervasive and people like to like cherry pick information from all of these different ideas but to like I like the idea of taking a lot of that stuff and then, like, kind of making it more corrosive than that. Like, you know, like, what if all that stuff curdles? Because, you know, like, it's... Some of it can be... I don't know, lead to something dangerous. So it's weird (laughs) to get in the headspace of trying to, like, have a character that's making sense of all of this, you know, all of this stuff. Because it's, like, in the end, it's it's total nonsense, you know? Yeah. it's, It's hard to get to that place and try and, like, come up with, like, a distinct philosophy from what is just apophenia, just, like, none of these details actually connect, you know? But in a very schizophrenic way, they do connect for this character and, <laughs> and all of the people that this thing connects with, you know, which I think is, like, the basis of most cults, you know? Yeah, you basically had to build your own cult from the bottom Pretty up. Much. and you know, It's a lot, but it's also, like, it, and none of it ever felt, like, super heavy or dark or anything like that, too. You know, I wasn't, like... Oh man, I've been in it for too long, you know. <laughs> too deep, pull me out. Right. What is even real anymore? You know? <laughs> I questioned too hard. As long as you can still have fun with it, then that that's. I was having a lot of fun. Good. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. One of my lead actors, James Sharp, is this guy. He's great, and you can see him in like in a bunch of different TV shows and stuff like that. He's just like you know, he's been a bit part guy, and you can catch him in like a Mad Men episode or a Parks and Rec episode and stuff like that, and. He he's a pretty dynamite actor, and I can't wait to just like let him rip, you know, like as the, like as the charismatic leader of this place that like is kind of calm and cool and reserved, and then like occasionally just lets out just like this these uh, pockets of madness should be really fun. Because at first, like when on the first drafts, it was like pretty innocuous some of the stuff in the script. It wasn't uh, I don't know. It wasn't like it wasn't too crazy, but then I was like. I should have a lot of more fun with this. Like I have a cult with an entire philosophy built. Like this should, I'd like I should at least have one scene where this like really got this guy goes totally ham and insane and has like a full on like uh, Nicholas like, Cage moment. Uh, I might try to avoid a Nicholas Cage moment while I'm directing it, but like uh, almost like a full like a kind of Christian deliverance kind of thing, you know, which is, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a Nick Cage moment, actually, yeah. so maybe, you know, it might might reflect that a little bit. I, I didn't know, like, when I was writing it, which direction to go, like, are, are they the con man, or, you know, the you know the, the snake oil salesman to a lot of these people, or, like, the one that really is, like, getting high on their own shit, and that's also, I think that's a little more exciting. Yeah, yeah. Just the you scariest know, like, calls are the most unpredictable, because yeah. I, I've seen so many with, with con man leaders, sure, yeah. and, uh, like sort of like the Jim Jones sort of style. Sure, yeah. And just like an unpredictable guy that not even necessarily a guy, just an unpredictable leader where it's just like, yeah, this is it. This is exactly what I was sent here to do, and that fully believes. Yeah, is really smelling terrifying. their own farts. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I 
it's it's a scary it's a scary <laughs> headspace for someone to to be in i can only imagine and you said you watched a lot of stuff and researched a lot of stuff on real cults what's the wildest thing you came across wildest thing i mean i don't know there was i, I remember i was like i was i was sitting in a, a bar in brooklyn working on a draft of of something of this this was like a several months back you know i was like doing a rewrite or something or polishing or whatever and the bartender like came up to me and it was like pretty slow and asked like what i was working on and then i was like oh it's like this the story and explained that there was a cult element to it and he was like a cult obsessive like he had like an insane knowledge of, of the, this back catalog of everything he's like oh have you heard of these guys like it was like a band like his favorite band or something like that <laughs> i was like nah man like i nah, i haven't heard of all of them and then he was like he was showing me like an album of like that was like recorded uh like sermons from different like cults and stuff like that oh, that was really wild and there was like a whole uh there's a long like speaking in tongues thing too and it was like really spooky shit and i was like you know what i'm gonna stay away with from some of this stuff <laughs> and i was like i feel like this is dangerous territory it felt like an evil talisman or something like that and i was like i don't want any part of that don't feel like going home getting cursed today yeah yeah there's something very like haunting and spooky about that that was the the weirdest thing that came across me <laughs> like i didn't go seeking that thing out but that just showed up when you're i don't know there's a must be a weird energy in the air when you're looking into this stuff yeah <laughs> it's just know. drawn to you yeah what drew you to the element of cults why this particular piece mm. i don't really know it's it's hard to like chart the the process of writing and how you know a, a story forms and stuff like that but i had a draft of it you know i've been playing around with multiple incarnations of it for a couple of years now and like none of them are really like sticking and then I just needed a reason for like some kind of justification for this one character to like really kind of go off the deep end and this couple to be pulled apart and at some point I like I think it might have been a reverse engineered thing where I found the the space that we're using because it's actually a part of like a the the grad program that I'm in, it's part of the, one of their, like, satellite campuses that's, like, completely underused, and it just has a very clinical feel to it. It's very, like, killing of a sacred deer looking, oh. like, like the, the buildings, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a sterile quality to it. And I was like, there's something kind of spooky about this spot, and I don't know, at some point, the, the idea of a, like, a group just started kind of growing and, like, really getting got exciting from a writing standpoint of like something that could really you know rip the glue apart between like a pretty solid couple and get in the head of somebody who's been going through like a pretty significant funk and i don't know there's something exciting about like getting into that the character that's getting kind of sucked into you know the black hole of this cult there's something about writing that character that's really exciting because like the reality in their head is kind of warping in like real time and writing that is really fun because like the subjectivity of that situation can go in so many different directions you know and can start going into really wild places as they're like you know there there are like i don't know vaguely supernatural eerie things that kind of start happening to him from the cult that get him 
to be like believing a in believer. it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's cool because from an audience standpoint, you have that blend of the reality we know and the reality that somebody else knows. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly like meshing the two and going back and forth. I'm sure you have, you know, one part of the couple who does not believe and it's yeah. that's rooting to our reality. But then we have to watch everything descend into, you know, questioning and right. what is real and what. Like, I love that cult element where it's not the snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. This is real. Um, it's, but just because it's real doesn't mean it's not crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's like, it's a fine line to kind of write that stuff too, because I always like when st- stuff in, in a story like that, where a character is kind of going through this very internal transformation can like, you can simultaneously justify it from a realistic like from a logical standpoint of what they're going through and you can also justify it like through their subjective perception of what's happening like and trying to like simultaneously walk those things is like a really fun I don't know it's a fun place to pitch a story because like is this real is this bullshit what is like the what are the rules of this world is it vaguely supernatural is it like or should we be with like the the fiance in this where she's the skeptic of this and is like rooted in reality and you know, being pulled apart even as an audience viewer is like, I don't know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a fun place to pitch yeah, something. absolutely. I guess yeah. it kind of shows how even, like, logical people can be suckered into these things because sure. there's so much power given to these leaders that even, like, watching documentaries on cults, like, you listen to the cult leader speak and, like, for a second you just get kind of suckered in. You're like, whoa, okay. Sure. Th- this is nothing to do with my morals or what I logically believe, but for right. a split second, you're just like taken over by what they're saying. Sure. So, and that's like that's a pretty that's constant in most cults too that you look at that like, if, especially if you listen to like testimonies from the people that were in the cult. So mm-hmm. many of them are just like he just looked at me and I, I was there like he knew me <laughs> on a deep level. Just yeah. like there's usually there's something about them that does like. I don't know, can, like, pierce through, like, a certain kind of person. There is obviously a charisma there. People wouldn't be... Yeah, there's a little magic in that charisma. There it, is. Yeah. It's, like, like electricity. Yeah. Right through you. For sure. Yeah, and some people, you know, just, like, moths to a flame. You yep. know, some people just, like, <laughs> really, really gravitate towards it. They they know their audience, and they know how to talk to them, and once they get them in mass, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. You have something that is... Oh, Bad pun. No, ind- independent fault. of that, I'm so sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to laugh. I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I would never be suckered into being into a cult. But like, a year ago, Vinny and I joined a sex cult. I totally forgot until just what? now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm to say we joined a sex cult and then go, I don't know. And then... Ah, that's for another time. I haven't been in a while. Okay. <laughs> We're going to discuss this afterwards. I'm, I'm sorry. It like, just <laughs> it came back to is. me in flashes. I was like, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'll never join a cult. <laughs> Whoopsies. Cults are just like clubs with more exclusivity. This is because you want to be a cult leader. I That is your do. aim in life. Mm-hmm. To you got to be, be charismatic. Yeah. I'm just slime. <laughs> <laughs> Can you yeah. do it through the puppets at all? The puppets are my cult. So I'll hey, you can have, you can have like a child army, probably, if you really wanted to. <laughs> be the you Pied know? Piper mixed with the yeah. next less racist Andre Taloon. <laughs> there you go. That, that's a good, let's keep it progressive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I if a child cult is, uh, is the way to go, babe. I don't know, sure. worked in Children of the Corn. 
That's true. Well, that's true. a cult of children. Yeah, and they really like claw. But <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> so, springboarding off of that, does everybody have like a favorite cinematic cult? Because I, oh boy, I have watched so many mm. without even realizing when yeah. I came in here with the intent of like, oh, we're going to talk about cults. I was like, what movies have I even seen that have a cult in them? And the more I started thinking about it, I was like, oh shit, all of my favorite movies are right. about that. Yeah, I wish I got suckered into these cults. up a little more. Um, You're doing I, your own thing. Uh, true. <laughs> a, good, a good one recently I saw is The Blood on Satan's Claw, which is like, uh, it's kind of, it's the other like big folk pagan horror movie besides The Wicker Man, like from the 70s. It's oh. another British... It's something haggard is the director like something uh, is this ringing a bell yeah yeah um, it's like a little town like film? it's a, it's 71 I think yeah it's like a, maybe like it came 16... out before Wicker Man though didn't it it did because Wicker Man was 78 yeah I, th- I think um, it might be 71 I might be completely wrong it is the 70s yeah. for sure I've definitely heard of it I haven't seen it um it's BFI pretty good. Of it. It's there. There's definitely like an aesthetic similarity to some of the stuff, like with the actual cult, like in Midsummer for sure, and like the kind of ceremonial aspects and stuff like that. But it's just like a 17th century, I want to say, just like kind of farmland stuff like that, where uh, the, just like a demonic presence kind of starts appearing. People are going mad. People are growing claws. Just kind of. It, it, wow. it, it's yeah. This sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Yeah, damn, it, it's a good one. I recommend it. It's, I it's, it's a really cool poster art as well. Hmm. I remember that having really good poster art. I might. I don't know off the top of my head what it looks like, but I would imagine it's a pretty visually cool movie in a lot of ways. So I hope that they. Used the poster. <laughs> um, that's a pretty good one. I don't know what else. What do you I got? Didn't even realize, like like Doza said, like I didn't realize how many films I liked that were cult based. Yeah. And then like not even based, just like cult cult influence that have a cult in, in them. Mm-hmm. It's just like everything all the way back to the um, all the paranormal activity movies. They they are stitched together a cult um, theme yeah, to them. I sure wish they weren't though. Those movies are fun and you're a piece of shit. I've only seen the first one, so I don't didn't know it was a, a cult thing. Yeah, it's a bunch of witches that made a pact with a demon to for live forever or to have riches and power or some shit. Yeah, like witches do. I'm, I'm going through movies and I'm realizing how many of them are cult movies now. All of them, so every weird. movie you've ever seen. Like Wreck. Technically, yeah. Wreck is yeah, cause a cult they were, movie a, when they explain it a more. A Spanish cult movie yeah. where they were doing uh, Santeria. Mm-hmm. Not to knock Santeria, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not counting Wreck Free into any of my equations here. Is it the one where she has the chainsaw and her own uh, boat? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, screw that. Um, <laughs> I love a found footage horror movie, mm-hmm. and I speak Spanish, so Wreck is some of my fucking favorite That's my favorite movies. found footage Unreal. Hmm. It's so well shot. Wreck. It's, um, it's amazingly shot. It, it was uh, remade in American... Into quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it much much better. Yeah. It, it's beautifully shot for like a handheld film that you don't hmm. get the like shaky. It, well, that's because they're supposed to be professional cameramen. Oh great! So that helps. Good concept. A lot. Yeah. yeah, they go in there like they're, they're, doing... they're journalists. Yeah. Sure. And so she has her news crew, and you're like, 
Steadicam found footage with, like, in... <laughs> with beautiful universe, like, like, yeah. yeah. That's the way to go. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll write that right out. Yeah. It was perfect. And they found really good excuses to have, like, awesome shots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, instead of just, why would this person be following this person? Why would this f- person be filming this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got real purpose to every shot. Um... And it, it's pretty, uh, it's not even like jump scares. It's just really eerie, sudden shots, hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, jarring. It's not. Sure. Yeah. It makes you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, even when you're staring straight at, like, uh, one of the infected people, it's not like, I don't it, yeah, it just makes you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like, like the difference there. between terror sure. and horror and fear where one is the anticipation the other one is rooted in reality of the the current situation but it's it's done it's done very very well but that that does turn into a cult film during the second yeah if you watch long enough (laughs) into the the, the lore (laughs) it it explains what happened in the first one um also we were having this debate before freaks is one of my favorite films of all time yeah and it's so great you guys said that that was a cult film, and I'm still kind of yeah. torn on whether it counts as a cult film or not. I don't see. I think we're getting caught up in like the idea that to be Old a cult groups. has to have some kind of I don't know magical connotation, but it's lifestyle. Well, yeah, but they don't it's have intent. They don't really have a leader. Yeah, they all work together collaboratively as a group, and I'd, I'd say they're more. There's a difference between a group mentality and a cult. Yeah. Yeah, but they have... uh, There's a moral guideline there. There's something that they all abide by. And when that's broken, that's when that leads to the chickening. Well, I I feel... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's just more revenge. Their intention wasn't to bring this person in and then turn them into one of... They were just happy with her being her until she fucked up. And then they were like, okay, let's get revenge. Well, right, Um, but their revenge wasn't a cut-and-dry murder revenge. It's they make her learn a lesson by becoming what she despised. There's that moral compass there. I feel like without the intent of luring her into the group, it, it doesn't really count as a cult because they didn't want her to become part of their group well is the cult's purpose to grow or is it to meet their their goal they just want to be in the circus (laughs) like that's that's what that's what they're doing they just want to perform but i think it's just just a general rule of cults like what where do we where do we stop at because now i'm in my head a little bit Mm -hmm. the family and become the cult because now that i'm talking about freaks i'm thinking about the family in texas chainsaw massacre what stops them from being a cult but what makes the firefly family a cult and you can keep on spiraling too because like the amount of just like you know a a group can have a specific agenda and not be a cult the group that you know wants to you know burn frankenstein is like a, has a specific moral compass to their group and to their action that they want to execute. <laughs> but I wouldn't call that group a cult yeah, by no. any means. They have a united agenda. 
behind it. I think it's the, the higher purpose, like the, the calling is more what makes it a cult rather than a group of people with a common mentality. Right. Yeah, like they like I said, like that they have to have a driving force behind something to really make it a cult for me. And like that takes the I, I don't think every cult like needs a leader, but that sort of mentality and that driving force becomes the sort of leader that keeps them going towards their goal. Does that make sense? Am yeah. I crazy? Yeah, no. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that is if I were to separate freaks and the family in the texas chainsaw massacre from say firefly family where you know i wouldn't call them a cult either i think rob zombie wants them to be a cult because he's a douche and he just wants something else to make a movie i don't know i think with the absentee leader of dr satan and the is dr satan really their leader or is he well he's it's never really explained he's like Sort of mentioned as like, isn't he meant to be it. one of their kids, the kid's dad's, Otis's dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's meant to be the father or the father figure for. But Spalding doesn't follow him. He's just like their friend. He's their little film <laughs> buddy. And he's he's baby's dad. Oh, I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I, you just yeah. I'm foolish. I don't know what I'm saying. Because that's why she calls him daddy the whole time. I thought it was just... But then Otis talks about his dad and it's Dr. Satan. Oh, okay. It's all coming together now. Rob Zombie made a better movie than I thought. I oh, really those two movies. Great. Corpses and Devil's Rejects and I cannot wait for Three from Hell. So I guess when that comes out, we'll figure out whether or not it's a cult. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some <laughs> answers. Um, and speaking what the of, public is clamoring for. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to get your opinion now that you guys are all here. Um... Have you seen The Mist? The Stephen King? It's the Stephen yeah. King The yeah. Mist. Okay. Um, so that is one of my, my favorite movies of all time. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. Thomas Jane is in it, and I think he's hot. Love Thomas Jane. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. He is fucking great. He's so, so good. And he's um, a handsome man. Right? I get it. Yeah. Holy shit. hot guy for the episode. Yeah. So, oh, I, I really do that a lot. Yeah, you do. Digging myself into this hole. <laughs> Thomas Jane's a great choice. Right? Yeah. See? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, so... Uh, most of the, most of the movie takes place in this supermarket, and mm-hmm. the woman uh, I have it right here, Mrs. Carmody. Um, is that the really evil, God fearing woman? Yes. Oh. Mm. So she is uh, interpreting the the mist and the beings in the mist as the comings of Armageddon, as foretold in the Bible. Yeah. And she um, starts like gaining the the trust and gaining followers from the people that are locked in with her. By the end of it, I think it does become a cult. Like, in that movie, we get to see the creation and then ultimate destruction of this cult. It goes through the full process over the course of, like, 40 minutes, and I think it was a very perfect, beautiful, concise cult. It's the most devastating ending in a film ever. And I think... I I, I do want to talk about that when we talk about (laughs) The Mist in some other episode, because, oh, I have a lot to say about that. (laughs) Um, But Anthony was disagreeing with me. He says he doesn't think it's a cult. But my argument was that she... It was till we had this conversation about what defines a cult. Now I'm lost. Yes. So she, she gains these people and she... They begin to follow her implicitly and she starts demanding sacrifices from the people in hmm. in the supermarket to the mist to quell whatever's going on. Oh, interesting. And saying, like, this is what we have to do 
this is what God wants, and maybe it's not traditional Christian God anymore, this is just like the mist is that God, and this, it just wants blood from us. Mm. And, because it's very clearly, like, not from our world, and there are other, like, worldly creatures, and she's trying to satiate it with blood from people. And she's also choosing people that she just personally dislikes and feels um, immoral to right. her standards. So technically, yeah, she's... I, I think it is... It, it is... We get to see the formation of a cult. Yeah. And I don't know what that says about, like, human nature and the human psyche and, like, how quickly and easily it breaks down. But I, what, what, is, what is your opinion? How do you feel about that? Now I'm just, same thing, I'm, like, going deeper into my head. <laughs> I'm so like, sorry. I'm like, how Am how I long does cult? it how long does it take to form a cult? Is there, like, a registration <laughs> yeah. involved? Like, a... It's just, I mean, we're all standing no, on mean, this like, side, and you're over there. I mean, there. There's a... A weird cult? That is, that is cult adjacent, if not a, if not a cult. Okay. I'm so going as far back. Suck it. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm in your cult. You won me over. Yes. But now mm. I'm in this whole argument of like, for what defines the cult, I'm going back to the age old question, did God create man or did man create God? And where are we in this? Everything is fake. Every institution is, is man-made. Right? Do animals have cults? Is that something? They got packs. No, got packs. That's different. Yeah. Let's not go into this. No. Yeah. <laughs> I my mind is kind of boggled now as to what counts as a cult and what doesn't. I'm sorry I did this to us. Guys, Hi. are the Ewoks a cult? Oh. F- <laughs> they just what? No. <laughs> no that's just no. a community. They made C3PO their king. Well, that's different. Oh. They, he was like their messiah. Yeah. But. Catholicism that's is just a like cult. that's like that's just, yeah so that's just colonialism you know yeah like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we want the shiny man to be our king <laughs> right. throw something shiny at a bunch of you know weird little forest trolls and you know they're gonna <laughs> worship it I, don't know. I didn't expect this episode to break, break us, us all yeah, yeah. so I, I think at this point we're all vulnerable. Enough that yeah, somebody, anyone could come in right now. Oh, I was waiting for you like to make a, this proposition. Could, I was like, I'm in. Enough. <laughs> I know. Oh, do you want me to do it? <laughs> I have a whole, I got a whole script ready to go about it. Great. Uh, so we can... He's got at least six pages of a book we can read. Wait, yeah. yeah. Do you need three extras this yeah, week? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I'll start showing up like it's the void or something, just outside of the set. Oh, and bless you. And that's our one per episode. Void. <laughs> we mention the void Do almost all the time because oh, no. it is just beautiful. Like you take that that Cronenberg element of of disgusting body horror, yeah, and you get that Fulci element of just goo, so and then goo. just all of this like breakdown of humanity and societal structure mm-hmm. in this small confinement of a hospital room right. with, like, ten people that you grow to really care about. Yeah. I don't know if I care about them that much. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the movie, but, like, uh, the first, I don't know, 20 or so minutes that, like, I don't like any of those characters that well, much yeah, at that those point. Are the now, I, like, once it gets into, like, all the mysticism, all the, like, the portals are open, I'm, I'm fucking there, you know? Well, once the creature feature starts becoming more, more apparent, there's a lot more, like, you know, gooey tendrils and things like that and i'm all for it i also love that we know this cult exists mm-hmm. we watch it do what well, it's in real do. life i was like what no no <laughs> oh, thank god. god cult of the goo being in the giant triangle 
Um, but no, like, we don't ever really understand, like, the robed members of the cult's mm-hmm. role in things. Yeah, we just we meet just the one guy. Which yeah. I love. Yes. Which is one of the best elements about the story, I think. It it's makes it so, that much more so much terrifying. left out. Yeah. And he, even when we get, like, the exposition from... Is that Anthony Hopkins? Did I make that up? No. It's a different old guy. Every, every old man is the same. Uh, I know who he is, uh, but whatever. Um, even in the exposition that he gives, like, as the cult's leader, it's still so incredibly vague where he talks mm-hmm. about, like, I have the power to change people. I have conquered life and death. And you're like, what does that mean? And he's like, do you want to go into the void? And then the movie ends. Yeah. And I was like, that's... Good. That's the exact amount of information I needed for me to in- enjoy this. And mm-hmm. um, I I love that they, they don't even interact with the rest of the cult outside of, like, the couple stabbings. Sure. It, it's it's so beautiful. Fuck, I love this movie. Yeah, I've watched The Void four times in the year that I've known about it. Good. Uh, and I could watch it again, and I probably will, because Anna, you still haven't yeah, seen it. Say, oh, my God. Yeah. Those effects are just incredible i just i want that to be i want that to come back and just get rid of all the all this cg cgi no i mean it can it's fine sometimes it's fine to supplement things but like man some fucking practical effects like that are that movie is so impressive for that i love watching artists sculpt and create these beings from other dimensions these things that don't exist and bring them to life in such an organic way that like we have no other choice but to believe that it's real because it is physically present. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't imagine what it's like acting against something like that. Like, sure, it's animatronics and wires and rubber, but, like, you have this imposing force that is larger than life against you. Mm-hmm. It's better than acting against a green screen. Yeah, I'd probably Absolutely. exude all of my goo just in person if I saw one. Like, the, um, the werewolf <laughs> that they had for a Hemlock Grove... So good. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Be- beautiful, beautiful practical effects. But if I was there in person, this the sinew mm-hmm. that's coming off of this thing was giving me just like chills watching it. Like I can't imagine being there. Yeah. That that particular werewolf brought me I'm back drooling. to what like the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> salvating all that dog. I guess. Oh, I'm um, waiting for Thomas Jane and that one werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that brought me back to, like, The Howling and sure. American Werewolf in London. Like, we haven't seen werewolf practical effects like that since. I'm yeah. today, like, um, there's a whole behind-the-scenes thing of Rick Baker working on the stuff for Videodrome. Yeah. Mm. Which is just, like, you know, there's just, like, hands coming through TVs and all this other shit. And, like, hands turning into guns. It, it also gets goopy, you know. <laughs> but, oh, man, it's so fucking fun to watch. I would be a dream to make something like that. Yes, you know. Do you have any effects you're looking forward to in The Girl with the Straw Hat? No, I mean, there's just maybe some, like, there's just, like, camera compositing. There's no, like, practical effect kind of stuff that we're doing. Oh, after that big rant we went. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just disappointing myself. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the next two days, I'll do. try and build a creature of some sort. <laughs> um, I won't do that. Um, no, it's it's... Like I said, there's not like, there's not too many like I don't know, explicit, horrific things that are actually happening. There's just a deeply unsettling Good. feeling. I think most of the time, it's a more like palpable atmosphere. You know, like I I do really love the horror movies that, like I love the ones that indulge too. I love the you know goopy, full cheap, but mm-hmm. uh, 
different moods, different mindsets. Different moods, different minds. Some stuff that's like less explicit and just more atmospheric is great, you know. Um, I feel like like Carnival of Souls is like I'm one of my fucking all time favorite things. Just like the beauty of just like such an independent production too is makes that movie is so incredible. What it does with atmosphere is just like you know, there's not that much like explicitly crazy besides you know maybe like some guys in makeup at the end of it, yeah. you know? Like, it's, <laughs> other than that, but it's such a spooky movie, and, like, the... You can just, like, f- feel the... What's in the air, you know, when you're watching it, which is great. And, like, One of my favorite double features is just to do Carnival of Souls back-to-back with White Zombie, because it's just mm-hmm. atmospheric horror. Everything yeah. is, like... Nothing explicit happens. Sure. But... White Zombie is, like, the most aesthetically beautiful film in the world to me. It's... And it's a really good bedtime story. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I always watch that before bed. What's wrong with you? It's so beautiful. <laughs> I understand why you're the person that you are now. <laughs> I feel great right now. I There's so much I want to watch now, just like talking about this. Like I came in after watching a bunch of movies, and I just want more. I, like, I've been flooded yeah. with a bunch of films that I just remembered were cult films or like films that kind of like went to the Rattle them off. Um... The, uh, the Ritual, which we just talked oh, about yeah. recently, the which ritual. is phenomenal. The Shrine, which is just so unnerving. Mm. Apostle, which I mentioned in our uh, Midsummer episode, um, which is super Lovecraftian. Yeah. I think that's it. I think those are the big ones that like I think the world needs to know about. Yeah. Oh, and because uh, we totally dropped the ball on two classics. One, Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we were talking about oh that before. God. I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> perfectly directed movie, maybe ever. Yeah. Oh my god, uh, Rosemary's Baby and um, my all-time favorite book turned movie, The Devil Rides Out. I'm all culted out. I saved a couple for my recommendations just in case. I gave out mine and Anna's recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad person. Holy oh, shit! Man. Um, do you guys want to go for your recommendations? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dave, you want to hit us with yours? Sure. I used two already that I was thinking of. Um, the Church from the 80s. It's a great, great demon movie. Nice. It's this whole thing where people get in, end up getting trapped in a church, but all the creature feature talk made me think of there's just an, like a truly astounding uh, like demon that eventually like you know breaks through this thing, and great. it's a bunch of people trapped in a massive medieval church, and know trying to survive this massive thing it's an 80s movie there's a camp factor to it but at the same time it's so impressive it's so i'm in fun highly Uh, so i talked to uh i I wrote these all down in my fucking spreadsheet like i always do because i come prepared uh you guys see red state no so uh it's a kevin smith movie um about the westboro baptist church and the very real goings-on within this church and their um sort of uh, cult mentality, which is a very real thing that's going on in the world today with this church. They, they were gaining a lot of like um, traction in the news in years past before uh, Donald Trump got elected, and now there's more pressing controversies going on. But it was like a big thing. If you haven't seen it, it's, a, it's an important part of our American history um, from 2011. Uh, and Kevin Smith doing this like uh, a very very good job. Like John Goodman is in it, mm-hmm. but um, did a very good job pulling off like the real horrors that we would face in, you know, um, in Southern America mm-hmm. and oh, across the country. 
but I also have a fun recommendation because that one is such a bummer. Um, <laughs> has anybody seen uh, Race with the Devil? No. Race with the Devil. Wait, this sounds so familiar. So this is unbelievable. So there's, um, it came out in the 70s, and it is, um, uh, it's, it's a cult movie where there is, I think it's like a couple or a few people, they witness uh, a demon-worshipping cult uh, murdering somebody, mm-hmm. and then it shifts into this, like, sort of Mad Max, like, Road Warrior style, like, race across the country while they're trying to track them down, kill them to, to keep their silence, and it is so fun. It's a, it's an absolute blast. If you haven't seen it, go now. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's already mentioned my recommendation. Um, <laughs> just because we mentioned it doesn't mean we can't recommend it. I'm still going to recommend Ghoulies. But, but can we take a moment... <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a moment to appreciate that I actually thought of a recommendation before we started filming? Yeah. <laughs> because it's never happened before. So I'm going to recommend The Devil Rides Out. Um, I would recommend the book as well. Um, Anthony bought me a copy. Book. And uh, I was very, very thankful for that because it, it's a great book um, by Dennis Wheatley. Yeah. Um, but the film, as always with my recommendations, is from the 70s. Um <laughs> I assume it's from the 70s, Technicolor. I think so. Really early Technicolor, yeah, it would have been. It's got Christopher Lee in it. Oh, wow. Like, also most Didn't of my recommendations. Okay. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, you'd, you'd say, like, when there's a cult movie with Christopher Lee in it, you'd, you'd expect him to be the leader, mm-hmm. but he's not. And but he he does such a phenomenal job of it. Um, all said the characters. The guy who plays are... the criminologist in Rocky Horror Picture Show is the cult leader. Yep. <laughs> um, really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and he does a phenomenal job. Yeah. Oh, Good pull. That's the awesome. The acting throughout is is really amazing. I don't want to give away like the sort of like premise of the story, um, but it's sort of like a friendship story on top of a cult, um, but also with all this satanic. Um, supernatural stuff going on as well um, and the effects are really fun in the film uh, I say they're good but they're really fun fun um, is uh, equally as important yeah, as good exactly sure. yeah I said it twice I'll say it again ghoulies watch ghoulies <laughs> I watched it for the first time and it's about a boy rediscovering his family in their old family house and to rediscover his family he's got to join their cult and oh man, it's just a wild time. There's starring Soup Baby, Crack Cat, and uh, Vampire Clown, and also Tongue Dad. Those are all the characters that mean something in Ghoulies. I'm Tongue Dad. <laughs> uh, also, before we uh, get to our fear of the day, I'm mad at all of you. Nobody mentioned Rawhead Rex. Oh, fuck you. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, dude. I don't know what it so, is. It is um, one of the first movies that scared the shit out of me because I watched it when I was, like, six. Mm-hmm. I watched a monster pee on a man. That did happen. It, it takes place in Ireland, and it's a, it's a creature feature about this, uh, like, folklore beast that um, is accidentally summoned in the Irish countryside, and it just wreaks havoc in the 70s. He is this beast man, and he destroys uh, a trailer park, I saw my first tits during this movie. It was awesome. And he the creature design is like werewolf but worse. <laughs> Isn't worse that an wolf. alternative title. 
I don't think so, because the... Because I'm sure I've seen this movie, but I don't hmm. remember that title. The creature is called Rawhead Rex, and that is also the name of the movie that I know. And they defeat him with the power of Christ, I think? <laughs> I think it's that rock that lives inside the altar. There's a pregnant lady, and she channels the power oh, of Christ, yeah, and she I blasts him with her Christ that. energy. Yeah, there's Oops, a lot spoilers. of blasting in that movie. Um, but there is a jump scare uh, a la Carrie at the very, very Ooh. end of the movie. And I remember, because that was my first instance with something like that happening, and I was like, oh man... I had just finished crying because I was watching this movie for an hour and a half and it was terrifying. And then one last little fucking rah, yeah. ruined my whole life. <laughs> and so for years, I was like, okay, well, for Head Rocks, it's too scary. And it's cheesy and campy right. by today's standards, but it is very good. Um, and, like, there, there is a, a cult aspect involved in, in mm. the summoning of him and... Uh, it's it's all like fake lore. It's not grounded in anything real, but like they make it feel real. Sure. Which is it, it would have eluded me forever. I would have been like, wow, that sucks that Rawhead Rex is a terrifying real thing. You guys want your fear of the day? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So the fear of the day is ichthyophobia. Like ichthyosaurus? Maybe. Is it the fear of long necks? No. Is it the fear of aquatic reptiles? close. Are you serious? Yeah, I I'm fucking nailing this. it. Right, I'll somebody else go because. Whoops. <laughs> I didn't even know what that dinosaur was that you mentioned. I was in the newspaper when I was five years old for naming all the dinosaurs in the Museum of Natural History. Is that true? Yeah, slow news day, and I was the world's <laughs> fattest, smartest baby. <laughs> oh, I would have been your best friend. Yay! <laughs> oh, I'm just holding hands to the Museum of Natural History, being like, "That's a fucking dinosaur." I have a scrapbook from when I was six where I put pictures of all the dinosaurs and I wrote little facts about them. That was really cool. That's fucking precious. <laughs> and you didn't know Ichthyosaurus? Come on. Come on. I didn't think that was a fear. Why would you be scared of that? He's terrifying. It's is, is that what the fear is? No. Okay. You guys got any guesses? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's relevant to cults. No, okay, so it's not. it has no relevance to the episode. It has relevance to the episode in a weird, uh, roundabout way. Is, uh, fear of some sort of creature? It's the fear of fish. Oh. Oh! Well, where the hell did that tie into this episode? So, I'm pretty sure H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft has this, and that's why all of his gods are just oh. mean fish. <laughs> mean fish. Okay. So, because we said that something was Lovecraftian, then that, that Lovecraft was... is the master of the no, cult. I know, I know. Oh. Or is it Red Hook? We're, we're technically part of Lovecraft cult, so yeah. Yeah, historical society. So can people still support your movie? Yes, they can technically. Like, the campaign is closed, but you can actually still go on the Indiegogo, and if you want to select one of the prizes that's on the like right side you know there's t-shirts there's all kinds of different things there's you, the movie itself it's the movie itself that's there's, the most important one. there's all kinds of things um also on the note of your perks and before uh we close this out uh you have a perk to get an astrological reading from uh the fine gentleman who does your trailer that's holy shit that's right. this movie yes I am a thousand percent more excited because he showed me that like a while ago, and he was like, "Oh man, we're I got us a copy of this movie for when it comes out," and I said, "Great." Uh huh. I'm I, I was like I'm thrilled, and now oh I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> He's been talking about this movie for what feels like a year. 
Like, I feel like I've already seen it. It hasn't even been going on for years. It feels like it's been a year. I just got starstruck, like, real hard. (laughs) Oh, man. shouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fuck me. (laughs) There are a lot of cool perks to go along with this movie, from the poster art to the film itself to, like you said, the T-shirts. And one of my personal favorites is the reading, Uh which just ties into the surrealist ideas that this cult has, like, it almost feels like you get to be a part of this cult in just backing the film. You I think that's can awesome. Be. Yeah, if you really want to, you can <laughs> you can see what we're working with. You know. If it does well enough, maybe we'll make the cult a real thing. You know, <laughs> God, I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hope you, you guys you do well. Both. Don't want to join <laughs> the cult. Want to be a cult leader. Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> one day. One, one day. day. We'll get there. Thank you guys for tuning into the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Doza. I'm Anna. And I'm Dave. And a huge thank you to Dave Schultz for joining us on this episode of the Hauntsville Cryptcast. It's super awesome to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a fun time. Check out the girl with the straw hat. Happy hauntings. We'll see you in hell.